This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Poober. Never again let your bowels be restrained. When all the stalls are filled, the doors are locked, or there is a small purchase standing between you and a key. Take out your phone and order a Poober directly to where you are within minutes, eliminating the process of finding a bathroom. Break out of the poo prison and poop freely. If you are new to Poober, take a moment to listen to this gigantic log of amenities. Every Poober truck is over 100 square feet of climate-controlled, luxurious restroom space. Multi-zone climate control, you can preset air, water, and seat temps. Customizable ambient mood lighting. Bose speakers with Dolby noise reduction for that comforting blanket of audio privacy. Or Bluetooth, if you decide you want to partake in a more discreet experience. 5G Wi-Fi to surf the web. And heated toilet seats with Toto Bidet Washlets. Poober guarantees an environment for you to do your business comparable or better than your home bathroom. Some people even call a pooper directly to their house. Pooper also understands that not everyone sticks the landing every time. That's why every truck comes stocked with complimentary undergarments and pants so you can move on with your day without the hassle or embarrassment of having shit yourself. Pooper is the premier toilet to you service. Forbes magazine calls Poober the greatest innovation in defecation technology in the 21st century. Popular Science magazine said first there was toilet paper, now there's Poober. And Consumer Reports says the $20 monthly Poober premium subscription is the best money you can spend on an asshole. Poober, a Popco brand. Hello and welcome. Thank you for cracking another road soda. If I had a road soda for every episode, I would have... Uh, after this episode, 90 road sodas. Or a DUI. My name is Isaiah Cooper. On this episode, we get deep with fakes and phony balonies and explore the CIA's secret cat program. I'm Greg McGinnis. They say two for flinching? No, today it is 90 for flinching. And also, we talk piss Christ. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Every time he says piss Christ, he hasn't told me, you haven't told me what piss Christ is, but, and I'm very excited to learn about We're it. We're barreling towards it. <laughs> We're barreling towards it at 90 blows an episode. How, 90, that's gratuitous. 90 for flinching. Greg, are you going to 90 us? I'm Wait. Gonna... Before we jump into any of this 90 schmegma, let's... Viewer mail, listener mail. Listener mail, listener mail. We're going to... We got sirens going off. I bring the visual aspect to that. He's, he's throwing his fingers out towards the mic. I'll, spirit fingers. Flashing uh, spirit fingers. And I have to... I'll, I'll, I'll do the narration. So yeah, we got an email from Grant. And we always love getting viewer. I always want to say viewer. Listener mail. And... Uh, because when we do get listener na- listener mail, we like to read it on the air. Now Grant sent us sent us an email, and you can email us as well at roadsodamail at gmail.com. And you and you can get your your mail right to us and we'll read it. Now Grant 
wrote to us, and he was actually commenting on a millennial book club that we did a couple times ago. And we always tell people that if you also uh, write into our millennial book club, you get a special millennial book club postcard. And uh, we got to send him one of those now as well. Yeah. We already sent him another postcard. But yeah, uh, he and you can you can write about any millennial book club you want and send it to us, even if we already done it. Uh, and he, this one was on Trailer Park Boys, and he said, "I never saw Trailer Park Boys before. Enjoyed the original show, then enjoyed the cartoon. During the cartoon allows for stuff that is funny, but it wouldn't fit in the normal show. A parallel I see is Always Sunny. Around season seven, they started throwing CGI stuff in there." which had never been there before. It seemed out of place and over the top. If you switch to everything animated, it resolves that incongruity. I haven't, I haven't seen... I love Always Sunny. Of course. I'm not up to season seven. I can't imagine CGI shit. I mean, it's already an absurd show, mm -hmm. but I can see that that might be hard to resolve in your mind, that fucking Always Sunny has Really? CGI. You never got to see season seven? No way. I'm on like... Maybe five. Really? I know. Wait, did you ever see the one where he crawls out of the couch? No. No? Okay. Would that be... That must be Charlie. That's get, uh No, where... Um, uh, it's f fucking... Uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito crawls out of the couch. No. No, he's all naked. Okay. Uh, well, I agree with him. I think it's... Um, well, that's kind of what we said about the trailer park boys. Yeah. Is kind of... You can do more stuff with the animation. Right. You can kind of expand on the. They can't ship hijinks. them. They can't ship the real guys into space. They have like a twenty dollars budget, you know. But you can take the, the cartoons and you can ship them, ship them into space. And then he also made a comment on uh, the truck stop, whore thing. The 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 lot lizards. He said, "I live near the Greater Chicago I fifty five Truck Plaza, which is notorious for lot lizards, and incidentally." Open trailer doors. Heyo. Heyo. If the door is a open, come on and pop in, is what they say. So yeah, <laughs> I knew about them. And uh, yeah. notorious meaning like loaded with lot lizards or everyone's maybe... like if you want a lot lizard, you got to go to the I fifty five truck plaza. Man, it's like it's like you got to really take a piss. You know what I mean? I got to pull over and empty it out. Right. It's the kind of place. I can't wait. It's the kind of place where if you're at a different truck stop. You would compare it to the truck stop whores of I-50. Man, this shit is almost as good as the I-55 truck stop whores. Because it's, that it's, it's notorious. Everybody knows it. That's, that's what they're... And then, because he wrote into us, we immediately sent him a, uh, a postcard. He wrote into us at the beginning of the week, so it's before we, uh, long before we recorded this. He was able to get his postcard and send us a picture. So we're going to post the picture up. Of everybody that gets a postcard, you're going to want to send us a picture because we want to put all those pictures on our Instagram. And we have those uh, free listener appreciation postcards that you can get by simply sending your mailing address to roadsodamail at gmail.com. And uh, he had one more comment to make when he sent that second one because between sending his first email and the second email... He listened to the T.C. Rastani episode, and T.C. Rastani made claims about Macho Man Randy Savage being from Sarasota. Well, <laughs> Randy Poffo, a.k.a. Macho Man Randy Savage, graduated from high school in my hometown of Downers Grove, which is right around Chicago, and that is from Grant himself. So 
Bam. Take that shit. Stuff it in your pipe and smoke it. Anyway, uh, thank you so much to Grant and everybody that listens to the show. We love all of you guys, and we we want to hear from you because we want this road soda community to grow. So please, guys, uh, check out our sweet postcards. Wait till you see these postcards. You're gonna be you're gonna want these bad boys. All right, finally, Greg, man, fucking. 90 me, baby. Episode 90. So let's talk 90s. 1990 was a big year for me. I'm in high school. So that's where I'm coming from with some of these references. The year he lost his virginity. The uh, I've found it since, though. I've been married for 15 years. <laughs> best, <laughs> boom! Best picture in 1990. Now, this, this is the 1991 Oscars, but the movie was in 1990. Dances with Wolves. Mm. Very long Kevin Costner movie about how he is able to communicate with the... Indians, oh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he was like the the white man that was you know cool down with the Indians. What year did White Man Can't Jump come out? I'm gonna say, wasn't it like 1990? Late 80s. Late 80s, but not the I'm not guessing. 90. I'm guessing you could check if you pull it up on your phone. You could probably check quick enough. I could check. Continue um, going because I don't I don't want to I don't want to miss a word. Another movie from 1990 uh, was because it wasn't a great movie year for me when I looked at them and none of them really jumped out at me as exciting. But Goodfellas was a kick-ass movie. You've obviously you've seen Goodfellas. Never seen Goodfellas. Just never saw it. Really? You Jew motherfucker! You isn't that from that? Mm-hmm. He won Best Supporting Actor. Never, year. I've never seen the movie. Not once. Not, that not even is, five seconds of it. Do you not like mob movies in general? Dude, there's just like a million movies I haven't seen. And I ain't gonna start now. How, but like, how about mob movies? I'd watch them, dude. I watch most of The Sopranos. Okay. And I love The Sopranos. I thought how about it was the good. Godfather. Do you ever see the original Godfather? No. That's a really good movie. You can see the Godfather, Goodfellas. Pizza shop horrors. Not a not a not a mob movie per se like that, but The Departed. Have you seen The Departed? Yeah, I saw the The Departed. The Departed. Okay, yeah. I was just that's, I, I wouldn't put it in the same area. Goodfellas is a classic. Right. I would put The Departed right up there. By the way, I, I would love say that it's going to take. A, of course, uh, the movie, the quality, everything. It's a fucking great movie. But when you're talking that, like, there was a certain time and era when these these things were coming out. And uh, well, like Goodfellas, 1990 was kind of at the end of this period. Right, you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. I hear you. It'll take a little while 92. for the departed. 92. 92. Okay. White Man Can't Jump came out in 92. Okay. Well, maybe that'll we'll have to look into that coming up here. Maybe. I don't know how. Uh, but for <laughs> movies, really, there, there weren't a lot of great movies for him. But TV shows, a couple of interesting things for TV. 1990, a very famous crime procedural show came up. Law and Order. Law and Order. Doom, doom. It's a fucking cultural icon. Isn't it ironic that Law & Order started to to burst through right as the Cosby show started to backswing? Very interesting. Because yeah. you said, I think it was last episode of the Cosby show story, finally starting to lose its number one spot. Starting to lose its number one spot a little bit. Uh, also, for episode 90, I would be remiss if I didn't say maybe say Nino. If I said Nino to you, what does that mean? What would you be Means, thinking of? I wouldn't be thinking of anything. A lot of people back then were saying, oh, I can't wait, Nino is coming up. Or I can't wait till the next episode of Nino, which oh, is short for... Uh, they're doing like a... Uh, right now, they're doing like a, uh, a get-together. Uh, uh, the surviving cast of Nino two. The surviving cast. Dude, like, isn't that fucked oh, up? Oh, actually, what's-his-name-is-dead. Yeah, because what's-his-nuts died, and now they're talking about it on... You know the, all those bullshit shows? Which like, was the guy that died? Luke, I don't fucking Luke know. Perry? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, you know, on like all those shows like Extra and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like TV Tonight, whatever. 
they were like, tonight, I believe, is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like they're like the surviving cast of nine hundred two one zero is getting back together. I'm like, what is somebody picking them off? Like one guy died of like natural causes, and you're talking to like making it sound like they're survivors of something. We're talking, of course, of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. It was like four couples. The only one that I really liked was Jenny Garth, the blonde. Shannon Doherty was kind of the. Was it because one. she was so funny? Yes. Yeah, it was because she had the best lines and she was really funny. She had the best shape. She had the best shape, and I really best wanted to character see her shape. Oh, slash, she was hilarious. very funny. Right. Uh, I didn't like Shannon Doherty. She was the one that was brothers with Jason Priestley. Then Luke Perry was like the fucking heartthrobby guy. Tori Spelling was is just a weird individual. I think she's got a very striking. I always used to love on Saturday Night Live when they would have that girl that was on the cast at the time play Tori Spelling because the only thing she did for her impression was like turn her face into this thing and everything came out like I, I can't do He's it. doing a facial expression. It's really funny. You'd have to see it, guys. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could do it because it is actually really funny. It's like a face that the girl would make like something horrible just got into her nose. Right, like she was and it, shit. And actually when you would see Tori Spelling after that you'd be like, no shit. She does kind of have... Yeah. Like, you know, resting bitch face is kind yeah. of a thing now. Maybe Tori Spelling was kind of now, a pioneer. Now, like it was never before. I don't know. Did, were there pioneer resting bitch faces? As it's been since the dawn of time. That's true. A resting bitch face is such a cop-out. Do you remember Do you remember Amanda that worked with us? No, she never worked with us when I worked there. Oh, man. She literally did Let's, have the best resting bitch face. The best? It was like is a... That, yeah. It was like... It's just a, the way that the lip is formed or something. She just... Always kind of when she was just not doing anything, it was yes, it was a look of disgust. Yeah, but that's dude. That's she knew not, it. That's too. not a natural thing. It's not like people are like I just can't help it. It's because it's usually like people are having constantly shit thoughts about things, and it just leeches onto their face over time. Uh, that might be one part of it. And then they use but that as her plausible face, deniability. She was actually like a nice person. Like I don't, I can't imagine she was constantly having negative thoughts. Did you ever be, have you, I think it was just the way her face was set up. Were I'm you serious. ever around her drunk? No. Like really drunk. I bet it'd be a different story. Behind her and on top of her, but never around her. <laughs> so let's talk music from 1990. Because I'll tell you what. There was the number one song of 1990. was a shit song. Hold On by Wilson Phillips. That girl band. It's a famous song. At the end of a very... Wilson f- Phillips is a bi- girl band? Yes. Huh. It's two sisters. Carney and something Wilson. They're the daughter. The daughter's... Of Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Carney Wilson was Whatever. was the daughter of Brian Wilson. <laughs> so she had some fame. And then Phillips. You know, there was three All girls. Right. I believe you. It's a female band. The song sucked. But at the end of the movie Bridesmaids, which was very funny. Right. You maybe have seen that. No. Never saw Bridesmaids? No. That's a very funny movie. You definitely like... chick flick? Yes. No. Ha! Got him! It, <laughs> it was an all-female ensemble comedy movie, including Kristen Wiig, about like a... Dude, that I can't believe you from haven't the nineties. No, dude, from like five years ago, six years ago. Why are we talking about it? Well, because at the end of it, <laughs> at the end of it, when the before the credits, they now sometimes movies have this space where they're like, the movie's over. We don't want to go right to the credits. We don't want to be doing this shit when the credits are rolling. They just have this free space. They do whatever the fuck they want. They can. So they do a three minute like they all lip sync. Hold on, because it's like a the women that are watching this movie that are. Uh, you know, feeling like, oh my god, that's just like me and my girlfriends are that age where this why fucking can... stupid song was a big song. Because that's why you connected with it so much, right? Right. I mean, my estrogen was flowing. I almost fucking <laughs> squirt milk. Jesus. So, also <laughs> in 1990, one of my favorite phenomenons on Earth 
kind of came about. Mariah Carey's first album came out, and she is definitely one of my fucking favorites, dude. Because she's such a good singer. I don't give much of a shit about the singing. Right? The songs, really, but like, I do love the fact, it does something for me that she is just such a fucking amazing singer. I feel like, I feel like Adele has like those amazing pipes where it just sticks out around any, like past anyone else's singing right now. I feel like Mariah Carey did that. I mean, there's one song where she goes into like this fucking, it's the end of the song Emotions, which I'm sure you don't know, but at the end she just, just to fuck around the little refrain at the end, she's just making these noises that are such high register. Yeah. Like, she's like a fucking dolphin or something. But she somehow pulls it off for me because I was like, all right, fucking A. That's, like, amazing. I've heard people talk mad shit about that. Like, negatively? Yeah. All right, I mean, there's a lot of assholes. I can just tell you, Mariah Carey was, like, it it helped that it came out when I was 15 that she was, like, Didn't she fuck Nick Cannon? She married him. (laughs) She married Nick Cannon. She married some other guy, like a, like a... You know, like one of her managers or like a guy that was in the business. And then she married Nick Cannon again. And she's single, by the way. So that was, I, I, it gives me a special joy to come across that on Wikipedia. Right. That she's out there. She, um, I wanted to, and yes, you mentioned that the 90210 reboot is about to start. And then for... With the surviving cast. With the surviving <laughs> cast. Everyone but Luke Perry. And then, so real quick, I just want to run through some of the things that happened in 1990. February of 1990, smoking was banned on all U.S. flights. Doesn't it seem like it was way before that? No, it was 1990 in February. Yeah, dude, it's relatively recent. Even in restaurants, it's still, like, relatively recent. I'm smoking in a restaurant right now. I am a restaurant. February... Bam! He just touched the top of the bat. (laughs) I can't top that. February 11th, 1990. This was very important. I think you should probably take your hat off for this. After 27 years of imprisonment, Nelson Mandela was finally released. That's a long time to be in jail for political fucking crimes, man. Well, what, how, what were they? What were they? Well, he, he was just a big mover in the, like, we can't be, the apartheid movement. Okay, yeah, down in South Africa. And he was like a political, like, this dude's fucking being loud. If he doesn't get fucking taken out of this, it's going to get bad. Oh, we put him in jail and things go away. For 27 it's, fucking years. 27 years, dude. That's a long ass time. Too, he didn't try to escape or nothing? I guess that really would be good for the fucking cause. <laughs> I think they probably left the door open. They're like, go ahead, motherfucker. We have like 25 guns. This is an interesting one, too. This is not a huge story, but I do remember this. March 18th, from the Isabella Stewart Gardens uh, Museum in Boston, 12 paintings in a, a Shang Dynasty vase were stolen. Really? Largest art theft ever. They still have not found any of that shit. Really? What what was the value of twelve paintings in a Shang Dynasty vase? Is a wait, range. Wait, wait, wait. There's a range. There's a range. There's I a, would say I want to I want I want to guess it. Ready? Largest art history. Theft. Ten to fifteen million dollars. The the low end of the value is a hundred million. The high end is three hundred million. Wow. They posed as cops and went in. Said, "Excuse me, ma'am, up against the wall. You right there. Where's the dolly? And I got a van running. Where's the parking? Bam! Fucking wow. stole twelve paintings." Um, that's awesome. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen like a movie or something about it. Maybe, maybe I have. just haven't. Maybe there's been one, but it wasn't a big enough thing. Uh, maybe we I, just don't know they're connected. Maybe we just don't know they're connected. Uh, maybe the, it's the Italian job and we just don't know it's... April 6th in Cincinnati was a big deal. There was a big censorship thing because there was a art exhibit by a guy who had just died the year before of AIDS. This guy, Robert Maplethorpe, who was very edgy 
uh, he did a lot of what they would consider pornographic art, where he would yeah. like take pictures of dudes like almost fucking With, like fists in their ass, fists in their ass, yeah. like a fist coming out of their ass. I mean, that's yeah, like it's usually a lot of. Dicks. I'm all right with fisting, but when a fist is coming out of the ass, come on, man, come on. like just have some class. It's like it's poop, and that's gross. Naked kids, naked kids, but their parents had fucking not like fucking or anything, but you know, like magnetic my filings were put on the little girls to make it look like they had pubes, which is. You can't get any more obscene than metal filings oh, for a fucking Jesus pubic. Christ. It's almost like depiction. magnet mound. I mean, all right, now I don't really like where the direction that's going. Uh, there was a guy in the same show though, so the the cops like busted this whole fucking thing down. He had 175 photos, which bordered on graphic to whatever, but there were seven of them that were like the fisting one, black and white guy holding hands, that looks like a cock, the kids, bam, seven pictures. They put the the owner of the exhibit the guy who was the director of the exhibit it was in a museum they arrested his ass and they were gonna fucking put him in jail for insanity yes it was a huge deal and one of my favorite things that came out of that was there was a piece that had won awards it was a winner of the southeastern center for contemporary arts awards in the visual arts competition and this piece of art was called piss christ Ah, okay piss christ is literally a Little metal crucifix in a jar filled with the artist's own urine. Yeah. That was the fucking art. And it won an award. Genius. Genius. I mean, fucking genius. I'd put all kinds of stuff in a jar with my urine pens, pencils. This guy puts one crucifix in there and he gets a fucking award. Crucifix. Genius. That's a picture of a, of a crucifix in piss. His own piss. <laughs> and that's how, he, that's how he said it. So, what are we looking at here? That. What you're looking at there is a picture of a crucifix in a jar of piss. There's, you know, uh, we'll start the bidding at 15000 <laughs> I wonder who owns Piss Christ. Someone, who, someone has does. that in their And house. they won it at an auction. Honey, I, 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 I won Piss Christ. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. Thank God. They put it up over their fucking dinner table. I only had two more things for 1990 that are very quick because I think that they're pertinent to our times right now. June 1990, Joey and Rowling... Claims to have started writing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's J. K. Stone. J.K. Rowling. Joanne J.K. Rowling. I didn't know her name was even Joanne. Me, me neither, right? What's and then, the K stand for? Uh, I don't know. Killer. Killer. <laughs> and then on August 2nd, this was very important, and this is even right now, we're having repercussions of it, Iraq invaded Kuwait. Oh. Which started us on yellow alert for the Persian Gulf War. Little foreshadowing. We may bring this up in the next episode. That is what I got for 1990. For 90. 90. And that all all of 90, my friend. 9-0. Ed Talks. Ideas to have. Listen to the most visionary people explain their visions on the Ed stage. Like A. Constantine Wagner, founder of Puber. I found myself at a crossroads. I had this idea to help people enjoy shitting, but I didn't have a pot to piss in. But I couldn't let my brokenness affect the world's ability to enjoy puber. I sat and thought about ways to make this work. Each morning on my prototype, I realized this was going to require a lot of push. And then one morning, I believe after a Mexican dinner, It came pouring out of me. 
and I knew exactly how to clean this problem up. Get this complete Ed Talk and more at edtalks.com. This just in, Greg. It's in the door. It's in the front door, the news door. Students taking the SAT, I think it's the SAT, will now get a secret adversity score. Does that sound familiar to you? A secret adversity Secret. Score. No. Adversity. What do you think that is? I can't imagine. A secret adversity score. Yeah. Adversity score. Like... You had to take this test in a hurricane. Uh, the SAT is adding another score alongside the verbal and math, and it's one student, uh, and it's one student's, what? Won't be able to raise, oh, sorry, and it's one student's won't be able to raise with a little extra prep. Man, I had to stumble over that one a couple times. Every year, million about two million students take the SAT as part of, as part of the college admissions process and students scores tend to reflect their socioeconomic backgrounds those oh, raised wow. in upper income families often score higher than those raised from lower income uh, income families wow this will be like a curve for the SAT there's gonna be a, a curve, money curve a money curve which a color curve? No, Greg, this is money, yeah, the color green. How about if their dad is wicked trans? Is that going to mess with the... I'm well, sorry. That's pretty, I'm sorry. That's pretty Extremely adverse. Trans. That's pretty adverse, I would say. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like that is a slippery slope into a weird zone. You know? I do get the idea. Because there is... There, there is a problem. And there's a big, the big problem is that these kids don't have but is the problem spoofing their scores or sorry is the solution spoofing their scores or is it trying to uh get them the kind of education that the people in higher higher socioeconomic statuses well think about it this way they give lower income kids right. scholarships already so bumping their scores is only going to help them get it's just going to what it's just going to it's just pushing them it. in but they're not it's not like they're so you're just faking them to get in. You know what I mean? It, it, well, I don't know if faking it's them to get in. You're just kind of giving them a little extra But they factor. didn't score as well. Well, no, but what's going to happen is you're going to see their scores. Right. Then you're going to see their adversity multiplier, we'll say. Right. So they'll still see what the scores are. And then they'll be like, whoa, this kid's so total this broke ass. Total trans broke, dad. Yeah. He's got... He's, he's pretty smart for a trans dad. All kinds of crazy ethnicity <laughs> shit. This kid is off the charts and he scored in the middle of the pack. Let's lift them out of the pack. Let's bring them in. So you think, yeah, because I guess that does make sense, because that means then if you take that kid who's able to face that much adversity, you take the adversity away, he should be able to fucking barrel through anything, right? I mean... Is the idea? Well, the idea is that they want everyone to have an opportunity. Like yeah, if of course. If it's always the rich-ass people putting because their kids in school, it just kind of continues... Paying their way through school, as we've seen. As we've seen. Fucking William H. Macy doesn't even have to get busted for this he can keep his name out of it mm -hmm. he gets busted writing a big ass check i'm sorry here's Except another check for, don't say my name can't keep his name out of the road soda podcast how about that motherfucker? yeah fucking nailed you motherfucker got you bitch no so the whole point of it is that it is more difficult to come through like let's just say me and you same age 
you're making you're coming from a family where you're making fifty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from a family making two hundred and fifty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. As things are going on, there there's all kinds of adversity that comes up in life. But when you just talk about the money adversity, you have less opportunity. Yeah. Maybe I can go do the Kaplan I totally study thing, or you know, I, I just don't have. But you know, part of me doesn't like that because there is a certain level of adversity that's beneficial in some ways. That is helping this right. kid take the test. You know what I mean? Like so maybe the best, so the best, maybe the score works the other way too. Like if you're so fucking rich, it like takes you down a couple notches. Be like, yeah, this guy scored really good, but he's super super rich, so his score is actually down here. Well, I was anybody saying, that rich can score. No, I'm saying that. being broke ass can sometimes be a motivator because it lights that fire under your ass harder. Right. Like a lot of the best athletes that like get to the upper echelon and they get drafted in the first mm-hmm. rounds of shit come from super broke ass households. And that's like, that's what you gotta fucking do. Is you it because they're broke? Or is it because that I th- fast twitch, Greg? I think it helps. <laughs> I think it helps that they're broke because they, uh, it gives them more of a desire. You know what I mean? The fact, have you remember that, uh, that Bill Bird joke? The fast twitch. No. I was talking about twitch? some sports uh, announcer started having some conversation about the, you know, these black guys out here. And he's like, you see the other two guys on either side of the screen kind of like, scooch away from him and like the next day he's standing out there with his box of all his shit on his desk in a box and he's just mumbling oh the fast twitch I don't know what happened <laughs> it's a yeah a whole uh... anyway but yeah the college board told the Wall Street Journal it takes 15 factors into account when producing each student's adversity score I'm looking at the list right here money ethnicity transosity money ethnicity transosity yes uh which students themselves won't be able to see. Zip code. These includes uh, these include the crime and poverty rates in the student's neighborhood. Damn. And whether they come from a single parent family. Ooh. So we know two of them at least. Ooh. Mom's a slut. Take that into account. Take that into a, take into account that his mom's a total whore. Hold on. What zip code? She's probably a fucking lawyer. Is, ta- is your mom Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> So, Greg, I have another bit of news for you. And what I'm going to do here now is I am going to play you a, a small piece of a video. Okay? Small piece of a video. Gotcha. Small piece of a video. And I just want you to listen. And then we'll, we'll discuss. Uh, I'll stop it and we'll just discuss what's going on in there. So, let me turn this up real quick. I'm going to have it so everyone else can hear. Because this is all audio. This whole thing is, is, is audio anyway. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm queuing it up right now. All right, it's about to start. Ready? Friends, I've got something new to tell all of you. I've decided to sponsor a hockey team made up entirely of chimps. I'm tired of people telling me that chimps are not capable of kicking human ass in sports. Chimps are just superior athletes. And these chimps have been working out hard. They're throwing kettlebells, battle ropes, everything. I've got them on a strict diet of bone broth and elk meat. These chips will rip your balls off. God damn, it's impressive. All I got to say is, see you on the ice, folks. All right. So first off, I love Amy Schumer. I know she gets a lot of bad press. I This chimp thing is very new to me with her. I thought she was having a baby. Sometimes Maybe she had a baby chimp. Maybe she had a baby chimp. Are we suggesting that she's with, fornicating with chimps? We're suggesting that she's uh, clearly, if this were Amy Schumer, as you say... That her, uh, 
It sounds like she's dropped a couple octaves since that birth. So, Any, but, so okay. So, what you're listening to here is, of course, Joe uh, uh, Greg's severely underhanded joke about Joe Rogan being Amy Schumer. So, uh, uh, is Joe Rogan talking about himself sponsoring a chimpanzee hockey team? Right. This video is 100% fake and was put together by an AI that has listened to all of the thousands upon thousands, almost 3,000 hours... That is fucking awesome. ...worth of Joe Rogan audio and can now make any sentence and make Joe Rogan say whatever they want him to say because they have so much audio of him. They have over 1,000 episodes and each one being at least three hours long of Joe Rogan speaking and that is plenty enough for artificial intelligence Dude, to you could learn. listen to... 40 minutes of Joe Rogan, and you're going to hear him talk about chimps in like five different fucking capacities. Of course, so that's why they he fucking... He fucking talks a lot about chimps. More than probably most chimp people. scientists. Yeah, most chimp scientists are like, oh, back off the chimp <laughs> shit, dude. I mean, like, we're at a dinner party. Come on. I love that. I Because I, I'm glad you said that was the follow, because I was like, I don't know. I couldn't so see maybe, him fucking do it. He's like, yeah, he's I was hanging out at Elon Musk's house, and we fucking decided we're doing this. We're doing this thing. It's fucking crazy. Just, I can just bought 60 pairs of tiny skates on Amazon. <laughs> We're going to get this fucking league started. So uh, he, he I saw this because Joe Rogan, uh, the article, an article came out. It's actually a Canadian team. And this fits into this category of what deep fakes, uh, of deep fakes. Are you familiar with deep fakes? No, but I mean from the context, I get it. Yeah, we're, we're moving into this era of deep fakes are possible not only with um, audio, but with video as well. Like they can make, a, uh, there's deep fake videos that you can look of you can watch of President Obama. And it's, again, it's all computer generated. It's completely fake. He never said those things. But it's him sitting, giving like a, a nation, what's it called? Um, like a state, a state, state of the Union. State of the Union address of like, you know, wow. what, of, of like bullshit. And we're moving into this place called, yeah, so th- those are what deep fakes are. And uh, it's pretty scary. And this is, uh, so he tweeted, he, he didn't tweet this, he actually posted this on Instagram. He said, I just listened to an AI generated audio recording of me talking about chimp hockey teams and it's terrifyingly accurate. At this point, I've long ago left enough content out there that they could basically have me saying anything they want. So my position is to shrug my shoulders and shake my head in awe and just accept it. The future is going to be really fucking weird, kids. Yeah. Yeah, he has no other choice than to say that because he's so like pro, like embrace the singularity right. and everything's coming. I mean... What are you going to do? There's going to be all kinds of bad operators in every fucking field, and we know technology is coming. You know, Michio Kaku and these other guys that are like the big... uh, (laughs) Michio Kaku! They're all saying that, like, computer intelligence is going to get to that point where it's going to pass us probably in our lifetimes, at least my kids' lifetimes, probably our lifetimes. Right. I mean, they could have been saying that since the time they first invented a computer, though. Like the guy, no, but like I mean, the Turing computer, he's like, this thing's going to be smarter than us in no time. No, but I mean, this is guy is saying it right now, and they're like giving years. They're saying like 2030, 2040. I know. I'm just saying that they literally have been saying that for a very long time. But I'm not saying it's not going to happen, because it totally is. And it's uh, it could. It's a, it's a thing where... That, that is not so groundbreaking to me. I mean, that's no. just like, that's really good photoshopping of video and audio. It's but just but there'll be a point. There's no. There'll be a there. point though where audio. I know, but I'm just saying. You right. said that they did the um, Obama State of the Union with video. Yes, yes. But there will be a point where they can just 
they they can redo Joe Rogan's perfect impersonation digitally. They got all the fucking mm-hmm. whatever. They have video. They could do it with video too because all of his shows are video as well. Yeah, so they wouldn't even have to do like a put together, take a couple like a it's like a ransom letter of letters and words yeah. and put it together. That's because that's what people have been doing in the past. But you hear there's different inflections. It makes the sentence not sound normal and natural. And if you listen to this, it's actually there's once you know it's a deep fake and you start listening, there are parts that are auto tuned. So you hear him start at one octave and then it drops down. To where it's almost like it's so it is taking those words and putting them all together. Yeah. But it's also making it fit a the flow of a regular conversation because if it's just pulling words out from different random sentences. But, but how and far you put is it? Together, it? How far is it where the thing can just say, "We know what he sounds like. I know what his what his different moods that's and just things a, are," and then they take text that they want and just put it out. That's what they did. That's what you can do. They can. They can just be like, "We want it to say this. We can. We want Joe Rogan's voice to say, uh, I fucked your mom last night, Greg McGinnis.'" Yeah, but you, like you said, though, they're taking the words out of those things and trying to blend stuff and get the audio right. Why couldn't they just, like, map his voice on, like, a higher level and then take words I think it's... I really do it. think it's like, a, it's like a half and half thing. I think there's just... It's... Yeah. Like it's a bunch of... It's, it's a getting there. It's getting to a point like, where yeah. it, a lot of shit is going to be happening. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's, and we, we are should... trying to throw our two cents in the ring to get some content out there mm-hmm. so that... What, what's that fucking Digitally, group? You Anonymous f- and other people can fuck with so it. So Blue Pod can finally come out and uh, Blue Pod. Yeah, man, they just hit a button and it just pops out a. It's like Blue Apron for podcasts. Right. And now a word from our sponsors. Hello, I am Gunter von Dugschnipper, proud owner of the number one canine salon in the world, Hound Obsession. The ones who brought you glitter balls. We sought it with Mr. this year. The winners of each breed had glitter balls. If your dog showed up without glitter on his dangle fruitin, why did he show up at all? At Hound Obsession, we are obsessed with your dog's hinterland, from the stinking key statues of Undersack. We would dip, paint, carve, or even brand a dog's marble wagon. And we are ready to pr- Proudly debut the next hot runway style. Tassels! Beautiful streamers attached to a tiny rubber plug, painlessly installed into your puppy's hinterholen. A veritable curtain concealing the glitter fruitin, giving delicious piquant bull aspect. <laughs> At Hound Obsession, we are obsessed with your hound. Morbid baloney crust. This is the Millennial Book Club segment, everybody, where you watch a Netflix original and then we come here and it's just like a book club, only we're just fucking watching Netflix originals. And last week, your book club segment your your homework was flinch. flinch i was trying to make you flinch I was trying to get you to <laughs> flinch uh was flinch and uh spoil this is not a spo- spoiler it's <laughs> there's nothing to spoil it's a fucking game show um well we are gonna kind of spoil it though uh people flinch people do flinch on this show so, do we want to, is there, a, was there a blurb? Let's see. 
I, wanna, I, lo I love to read the blur. Players feel the burn with hot wax. Oh no, that's just... See, that's what happens, man. I, it's giving me a specific oh, Wait, episode. I got a blurb from IMDb. Can I read the IMDb? Oh, yes, please, please, please. People's natural reaction may be to flinch when they experience an unexpected or scary event, but doing so on this comedic game show could be painful. Each episode of the program, which is set on a remote farm in the hills of Ireland, tests brave and foolish contestants' nerves in three fiendish games. If they flinch, there are painful consequences for them. And the hosts, each of whom has chosen a player to represent them in the games. The contestant who flinches the least is declared the winner. Definitely not the elevator pitch version. It was a little long. That's the <laughs> But that's the that's the whole gist, and that is that's exactly that is the synopsis of the show there. So basically they had three hosts. Yep. Uh, Desiree Birch, an American comedian, Lloyd Griffith, a British comedian. Yep. And Sean Walsh, who I think was Irish. Irish or Welsh or whatever. Irish else. something. They, they, yeah, they never really... Uh, how many did you watch? Three. Me too. I believe I, oh, I watched at least three, yeah. Yeah. And um, I didn't... I was. Were you surprised that it was in Ireland? Um... Were you surprised it was foreign? Yeah, I guess I thought it was going to be American. I, when I, I, when I saw the preview, yeah, everything I was watching, American. I was like, it is American. And then... Uh, when it came on, it was like, in the hills of Ireland. And I was like, oh, nice. Like, yeah. I love the idea that the whole thing is set up on a farm. So it's like kind of what you would do like on a farm, like if you're just like really bored. Like this idea of like, oh, it's, a, it's a Sunday, you finished all your chores, you have nothing else to do, you're hanging out on the farm with a bunch of your friends, what are you going to do? Let's see who's the bigger pussy. Let's see who's That's the bigger exactly pussy. That's exactly what it comes down to. I'm yeah. going to rig this washing machine up and it's going to swing inches from your face and if you move, I'm going to punch you in the head, you dummy. I think there was definitely a real element of fear with some of that shit, especially the swinging stuff. I mean, you're in this fucking set that you could probably tell was thrown together like in fucking days. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. We got it set. A dryer is going to swing from 50 feet away and within inches of your face. Don't flinch or else you're going to get a, a minor shock. Yeah, you're going to get electrocuted by a car battery. By a car battery. I wondered how much the... It seemed like it hurt some people way more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Which you... is kind of how things go, too. There yeah. were some people that were freaking out. What was funny is how bad some people were flinching. Like, mm -hmm. the one game... Well, we can get into it, but one of the games particularly was funny to me. Where they had these jack in the boxes set up. In I front loved of them. that one. The <laughs> jack in the box would pop up and make a noise, and if you flinched, then it had two arms that smashed like pie or like yeah, but it was like some it type was, of food in your face. There were like gloves that you put your hands into, so it was like your hands were hitting you in the face, and they had it attached to like pulleys and ropes. And there was dudes on ropes <laughs> that were like holding the ropes. And what was funny too was <laughs> what I really liked about it was that particular one was because. <laughs> If the pie was coming to you from the left, you know you flinch. You know pie is coming from the left. You could kind of dodge to the right. right. That guy on the right was going to get you. <laughs> and if you like doubled it up, they were just like, fuck it. We're just going to keep smacking until like, all that shit's in your face. Some of the people got like four or five fucking whacks to make sure they it got it. It was so funny. Yeah, dude, that must be the best job of that whole show. Is like, I'm a pie pulley lever guy, number one. I'm just inflicting pain. How about some of, several of them? There was just a guy with a cattle prod. And he yeah, had to like, determine if they flinched. Sometimes right. the, the hosts were like, I don't know, did he flinch? The guy was like, fuck it. He's like a Cattle prodded. Some of the I numbers were dude. funny, too, in the beginning. Well, so, because it's a half an hour show, right? So yeah. they got the three hosts. They got, like, a crowd of people, like a little studio audience of, like, 20-some-odd people. Then they had the eight contestants. They all each got their little moment to come up and say, I'm, I'm Isaiah. I like to ski, and I also like to throw axes or whatever. And they're like, all right. 
Then they picked people's names. Each of the uh, hosts had to pick one of those people's names per contest. Mm -hmm. That was the to person. To represent them. To represent them. Yeah. So the many, as many times as you flinched, that counted against them. And there were three series. Uh -huh. Three series, and then <laughs> whoever had the most total flinches of the hosts, they had to go do what they called the f the flinch forfeit or something. Yeah, they, they had to they had to do one. They of had themselves. to do one themselves. Yeah, and those were brutal, man. The yeah. fucking end of the first app was fucking brutal. I well, thought. were you standing with the fire? Was yeah. that the first one? Yeah, Jesus Christ. And so if just the, because the big flames shoot out if you flinch. So some of them were minor. <laughs> some of them were minor, but the end of the first show, they had this guy. He's like tied up. They've, they've, they have you in a lot of crucifix positions. They in have this you in a lot of, yeah. In this show, they got you, yeah. So he's up in like a crucifix position, and all around him in all the negative space, like where his arms aren't and everything, are these big barrels. 55 are, gallon drums that are like firing out like pyrotechnic. The like. whole 55 gallon <laughs> drum is filled with fire and it's spitting out. Right. And it's got to be very loud, whatever's creating that. <laughs> if he flinches, there are like a dozen fire extinguishers. In like a semicircle, all faced at him, uh -huh. and that other guy, right? So one lady hits the button to pull this spook lever, him. yeah, to spook him, and then when he does, the other guys on the inside of the room hits the button, and all the fire extinguishers blow in his face. That's fucking pretty hardcore. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to have fire extinguishers <laughs> spray in your face either. I don't think so either. It's like pretty toxic shit. And then they he he and spray they fucking sprayed him like it, the fire extinguishers seemed like they were running out of fucking material. They just kept doing it, and then like at one point. Uh, they stopped and he, he said, hey, it looks like what Lloyd uh, Lloyd looks like after he goes to the gym for five minutes. And it seemed like the guy got really upset with that. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like he got like really hurt. Like... Well, because you're already like down and now he's kicking him. The guy was laughing so hard. He's like, I'm going to press this button and you're going to get toxic chemicals blown in your face. And he was like on the floor laughing. Dude, then he gets up and he goes, look at this guy. He looks like total. This is what he would look like if he was in the gym for five minutes. Hit the button again. Smash. Yeah, does it again. And that was that was rough. And they, that guy lost the second time, too. He lost he, the second he time. The second time, they had, like, what is it, uh, fireworks set uh, around the room, and they would just go off when... Uh, they were, like, loud, like, one-pop type of thing. Right, but he didn't, yeah, he didn't know when they were, when one was going to go off. Yeah. And then they had all these massive rubber bands all tied to his body and stretched across the room. And then if like he flinched, 20 feet. And yeah. they were like almost like little rubber belts. They, they were rubber big. belts, yeah. And then if he flinched, they were gonna, They unhooked the far end and the it would snap them. <laughs> we're going to underwear snap you. Those, I, the ones for the host seemed particularly brutal because that dude got the worst of it. The fire mm -hmm. extinguisher thing yeah. and the rubber bands. The one, uh, so the very first thing they did, if you remember. But that waterboarding thing. The waterboarding thing. So you're at the top of a circular thing and when you when it went forward... You lean, you went Just forward. your head would go in the, It would like, a, yeah, big. It's like they had they strapped to a wheel standing up straight. Yeah, probably like 15 foot long yeah. board and you're strapped to the top of it. Your and head's the, sticking out. Yeah, and the whole thing would swing around and just your head would go into a pool as it went around in the circle. And Like your head was sticking out of the top of a Ferris wheel and every time it got to the bottom you went underwater for a second. Yeah. And you got two of those. It was those. like some kind of Chinese torture. That was tough <laughs> because right off the bat when you see it they go, all right, let's see how many times everyone flinched. That first guy, the very first guy they showed, uh, what the fuck is his name? He was the worst. Dude, in the he whole flinched game. at everything. He, he was flinched such a so worst. much. They said he flinched like eleven times. I was like, they made him do that fucking thing eleven times. He had to get like, see how many times he could fucking do it. Brutal, brutal. And it was just a whistle. It was like a big train whistle that would sit behind him, and it, if it, when it went the steam, it would go. And uh, it I gotta would, feel like whistle. some of those things were so 
loud. Startling. How you knock it, even if you're like, I'm stealing myself to not do that. If there's like a hundred decibels right by your Burr! ear, yeah. you're going to do Hands something. Hands up and they just fucking waterboard you. Dude. But some it's... of the people, like I was saying on that pie one, like the thing went off and the people, the girls were like, ah! like extended five second flint, just like, what in the fuck? They had to like wait it out before they could start smashing. Right, smash, smash! <laughs> Dude, it's like a it's it's a show that was designed by like a big brother. That's the whole show is flinch uh, two for flinching by nerd like yeah. the whole fucking thing. <laughs> it was a funny concept. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was funny. Uh-huh. They were inventive. I imagine if you got to like six or seven, they only had so much shit in this farmhouse. So there was a guy named repeats. that guy named Sandeep. Who didn't flinch once. Didn't the flinch whole. once. They had him in... He, he was in every single thing and had zero flinches. And that the, the first one was where they, they were tied crucifix at a board on like a big like wall. And these balloons would blow up all around them. And you don't know when the balloon's going to pop. because You could see the balloon though and you can see it start to get bigger. Get bigger and bigger and you don't know when it's going to pop. And dude, that one kid... What that was, was his freaking deal. his he was shit. Literally, he could move his hand a little bit, and he was putting his hand in his ear and like crying. And he's and like, like, "Ah, oh, why am I here? Why?" It's <laughs> funny though because when people have a fear of something, it's irrational like that. You just can't it's deal. So rash. Yeah, he was. I wondered was what they freaking. what they told those people they were going to be in on. Like, how I much mean, information do you think those people got? I think enough to be like, "Are you okay with a, a balloon exploding? All that stuff. You know, whatever they had to sign so they didn't get sued. But because when they take the blindfold off. And they're standing there strapped to whatever they're going to do. That's like my favorite thing where everyone looks around. There's some genuine terror for some of those people. <laughs> they look around. They have like their eyes dart around the room. They're like, okay, I see some chickens. Uh, my feet are in a pile of mush. I got a helmet. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And that was... I, now that I think of it, I bet you the rest of the studio... I bet everybody there uh-huh. was going to be one of the contestants, right? Because they had eight people the first one, eight people the second one, eight people the third one. So I guess probably everyone there was like gonna have to do that, including the hosts. Yeah, the only two dudes that got away from with it are like the fucking executioner guys that have the cattle prods and were setting up all those guys got the best job. He's like he just has to stand there with. I love how in some of them it's so elaborate, like how they like they got pulleys set up and it slaps them in the face. But then for some of them, this guy, yeah, it's just a guy with a cattle prod. Just (laughs) a cattle prod, (laughs) just jabbing you. All right, so what happens if they flinch with this one? We're gonna put a train. With meat, rotten meat, you know, a little toy train. It's gonna go into their nose, and if they make a voice, a face, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna? Uh, we'll just zap them with this thing. That was like such a subjective one. Like, is he flinching? I don't know. The guy's like, fuck it, bam, fuck bam, it, bam, bam, fuck it. That's a flinch, zap. And they, you know, they made it nice and neat. They wanted everything symmetrical, so each of the games took a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So they just showed like the funniest couple of faces, or like the sand deep guy never having a flint, never flinching. But then they'd show the tallies. They're like, all right, let's see how the tallies were. And they'd be like. Michael flinched 24 times. You're like, Jesus Christ, God Michael. damn it. That guy was just sitting there cattle the shit out of him. Jesus. Anything for TV? There was one too. TV, how about, how about the, I think the funniest flinch one was, uh, I think it was in the third app. It was the one where the dryer came from way off. Uh-huh. And they, so they're sitting on a chair. And if you flinch when this dryer is like, the swing of the dryer gets right by your face, the chair drops directly back into like, just water with like vegetables or whatever. Vegetable, yeah, just gross but if, shit. You know, but it's still like you get dunked in fetid water and like you go under for a second. Uh-huh. And so the dryer swings, the lady freaks out, she gets dunked. The dryer swings back, comes again, she freaks out again, it's still there. But then like the third one, uh-huh. it's like it wasn't even really coming at her and she was still like, ah! 
Yeah, they were like, what the fuck? They still dunk her. Yeah. It was like 10 feet from her. It was almost stopped. She, and she just freaked out. She was like yanking up on the armchair thing. And I oh, think yeah. he was throwing her back. That was the hunt. That was what did it for you, too. Because like, some people didn't move that much their face. Uh-huh. But that involuntary, because you're strapped to the arms. Yeah. And they let the arms have some give. So that you could signal like, oh, man, I'm flinching. I'm flinching and they'd throw you back. Yeah. Yeah, that bitch was the Hungarian one who was like, I'm small, but I'm strong. Some people think I'm cute. Oh, she was yeah, like as soon as they one... took the thing off, she was like, oh, I don't She's love like, this. Oh, I'm, I'm very nervous now. Like, she got dunked a bunch. That was another she... one where I was like, Jesus Christ, like 12 times on that. That was the one that was flinching that we were just yeah. talking about. Yeah. It was that lady. There was a couple ladies on that that were flinching. Though I think the one that stopped, I think was... Maybe it was her. It was the Hungarian. I just watched it like a few minutes ago before you okay. got over here. Yeah, it was the Hungarian lady. Like Jesus Christ! You it almost stopped. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost stop. done, and you're like, "Why are you still freaking out?" <laughs> and yeah, that was the episode with the bodybuilder bitch. She was pretty. She was pretty good. She was. Did, Jack you had the kind of think she was probably going to do well. Yeah, of course. But you also thought there was a there was a big guy on a previous episode, the guy Mohammed. Mm-hmm. That he was did, the same episode, I think. I thought they had a big guy. Oh no! I think one. he was. I think he was on a different one. Because he was right. like really bad. What was the one that he was like? He had the goats at his feet, and he kept laughing where they were putting the candle wax on him. Oh yeah, like he was into that one. And he kept laughing. He wasn't flinching, he was just like, ah! That one kind of seemed weird. Like They had to hide his erection. They had to hide his erection. The candle wax. He definitely was the, into the candle wax. Feet, feet that thing? was elaborate though. They had four candles, so if you moved your... They had these goats coming eating food off your feet, and if you flinched, then two candles were over your legs. They would tip forward and dump wax on your knees. Uh-huh. And then the other candles would dump right on your hands. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that was like pretty yeah. detailed. <laughs> I know. But it felt it felt to me like the wax kind of ran out. So like after like three or four, there's not that much wax there. I would get back. Did it? I'm sure. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I just felt like... And whatever it is, I think it's a, it was a really uh, good... It was an enjoyable show. I liked it. I think I'll probably watch a couple more. Cause I will probably watch... It's one of those perfect things where you can have it, have it on and be doing something else. Or you can have it on with a group of people. Like game shows and stuff like that are perfect for groups of people, perfect for hanging out. That is a really, uh, I would say... Because you literally only have to pay attention to like the setup a few times. Yeah. You don't have to watch the banter. If you don't feel like listening to someone's intro, who gives a shit? You know, there's some jokes. When I watch something like that, I'm always thinking, these hosts are like comedians from wherever they're from. How well are they doing? I Honestly, they don't have to even be funny. Because they're trying. And sometimes they say stuff, I'm like, huh. But what's really fun is watching the people freak out and yeah. do their thing. Like, they that carries the show. You don't have to be funny, you know? Well, I, but I thought the guy that lost the first two games, that host, I thought that guy was pretty funny. He had some good contributions. Lloyd. But, Lloyd, yes. Uh-huh. Lloyd Griffith. He was pretty funny. He looked, struck me as like a, maybe like a British Patton Oswalt type of guy. That's, uh, that's what I was thinking anyway. Yes, and he's making his break on Flinch. So yeah, guys, you should check out Flinch. It was a really good... Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was fun. And you can uh, always send your comments in if you watch any of the Millennial Book. Even if we've already done the segment and you watch Flinch, you can send your thoughts and your comments in to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Also, we got to pick our next week's our next week's uh, uh, thingy kebab here. And we are picking... We're both very excited about it. I think pretty this excited. looks funny. Again, we were... So with Lunatics, we were like, let's not get... Uh, we were pretty pumped. We thought it was going to be good. It was garbage. Which trailer Flinch, magic. Yeah, with yeah, the trailer was Trailer fucking, flim flammery. Flim flammery. We're going to take that shit all the way to the Supreme Court. 
this, uh, and then Flinch we thought was going to be good, and we it was. So I'm hoping that we're right again with with this one. I hope we are right with. Uh, I think you should leave. Right. Yes. I think you should leave. Is a sketch comedy show. So it is another comedy that we are doing, and it is a Netflix original. An awkward exit at a job. Oh, wait, again, dude. It's starting with the. God dang it. Uh oh. Let's let's get the uh, let's get that actual blurb up there. Actor Tim Robinson stars in the sketch comedy series, which he also co-created. That sees him trying to get people to go away. In each segment, Robinson and his guests do whatever they can to drive someone to the point that they need or desperately want to leave. Interesting. So it's like a comedy show, and the whole thing is trying to get make people leave. I guess that that's whatever it is, whatever the idea. It's not too much for Netflix to handle. He was a Saturday Night Live writer, so there's gonna be like we did see Vanessa Bear in the in the thing, mm-hmm. and Andy Samberg looks like he's on some Will Forte, right? Cecily Strong, who's on the cast right now. She's so he's funny. got a, got a lot of good friends in there, and every time I we see a writer go to making a debut on a show like this they always do well i think he's gonna have some some gems in there so tim robinson guys check out next week uh i think you should leave and if you watch that before we we before the segment comes out definitely send your thoughts to road soda mail at gmail.com again that's road soda mail at gmail.com ed talks Ideas to have. Listen to the most visionary people explain their visions on the Ed stage, like Gunter von Dogschniffa, creator of Glitter Balls. If you think that when I said I was going to put glitter on dog balls that people didn't tell me not to, you are wrong. Everyone told me not to. Why would you do that? That's so cruel, they all cried. But I followed my dream, despite what anyone said. And now those same people have pups with glitter on their paws. And the new Hinterholen und Plumdassels. <laughs> Get this complete Ed Talk and more at edtalks.com. Favorite, I would say definitely one of my favorite podcasts. It's definitely one I listen to commonly. And it's, the Serious Neighborhood. Yes. How did you know? And uh, not always are they doing stuff that I'm super into, but I kind of just like what they're doing, and it's always interesting. It's always well done. Uh, but every once in a while, they really do something that, like, I'm like, man, this is interesting. It's fun to listen to because it's so interesting. And they do a great, such a great job at telling stories. Like, it's Benjamin Grundy and um, Aaron... Ah, shit. Wright. Aaron Wright. Yeah, Benjamin Grundy and Aaron Wright. And Benjamin has is such a fucking dope storyteller. Like when he does like that book report thing where he reads something and then brings it back to tell. And they just uh, I don't know. It makes it a lot of fun when he's telling these things to Aaron, and he can get the guy like laughing about stuff. And um, I kind of thought they both they they go back and forth all the time. Like one of them will will take the reins. It's like alternating almost, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But Ben's better than Aaron, you think? I definitely prefer when Ben is telling the story. I think Aaron Wright is is, is a good storyteller in his own right. <laughs> now is it? <laughs> but uh, he is it like a is it like a dollop thing with um, Gareth and 
No, because because you Damn. know it's it's different because they're the dollop. He, uh, shit. What are the what are their names in the dollop? Dave Anthony and Dave, Gareth Reynolds. Yeah. So when Dave is doing his story, he is uh, you know reading his story verbatim. He did write it and put it together. However, he copied and paid. I don't know how he fucking does. Well, I'm it. just saying the same dynamic where well, you, but the dynamic ahead. is a little different. Yeah, because Aaron isn't like they they because they're not so much leaning on that like entertaining sort of jump on stuff then um it's it's more just the story they're wanting to tell the story but it's still conversational because every once in a while Aaron would be like oh that's almost like this from that other story and he's just kind of tie things in and they, they have fun with it but it's not so it's i not find it so. off-putting sometimes because they constantly are saying as a as the first as the pioneer aussie trans couple mm-hmm. and then they you know bam we would like to tell you about this and then i'm just like what I, I, all right, you can say it a couple times. You're really pushing like, hard on this Bam. trans thing, Greg. Is everything all right? I work in transportation. Oh, it's kind of something I do. Oh, shit, he's on fire. No, wait, so what I was going to say is, I know these guys alternate. The dynamic that I was thinking of is Dave Anthony on the dollop always is the straight man. Mm-hmm. Gareth's always the guy Yeah, th- throwing the shit out there. D- is one of them, I, and I know that the mysterious universe is more serious and they're mm-hmm. tackling the topics, but... You're saying that Aaron is better at being the Gareth kind of in their thing, or more He's commenting better... on the other guy's story than bringing his own story to the table. I yeah yeah, and I think it's just because when it comes to storytelling, uh, when it comes to like just storytelling expertise or talent prowess, however you want to say that, uh, Ben's just a little bit better, so it makes it flow better. And Aaron's a great listener, and he's great at you know he knows what's going on because they're so deep in that life. That they're able to talk about it and comment on it, and it's very conversational. But when when Aaron's telling a story, it's just not as suspenseful. He's not giving it. He, it's weird. He doesn't give it as much. Again, a good storyteller, but just not the same. But this episode was uh, one where Ben was taking the reins, and uh, he mostly was basing all all his talks off of a book that came out. Um, uh, when did it come out? 1795. 1795. No, that's not a very old book, but it's called uh, it's called Nuking the Moon and Other Intelligent Schemes and Military Plots Left on the Drawing Board. It's by Vince Houghton, and or Houghton, however you want to say that. Van Houghton? Uh, is he Milhouse, related to Milhouse Van Houghton? Uh, it could be. Very... No, he's not. We'll have to look into that. We'll have to look into that, yes. We'll have to look into that. So... Essentially, what the whole thing was, was, you know, the military and the CIA specifically uh, has done so many... Like, are you familiar with any just crazy things that they've attempted to do or that they've done? Like, you've, you've heard of... So, the, you know the, the, the Men That Stare at Goats? You know that movie that I came out? I didn't see the movie, but I but know. Are you familiar with... Yeah, what was... The, I don't remember the deal, but I do remember it was some crackpot thing. So, they had this whole... Te- telepathy with goats? Well, they yeah. So the idea was they were they had these people that they would be able to kill goats with their minds. So the CIA had a program which is not it's not a secret program any longer by any means because of declassification acts and all that stuff. So all that stuff came out and they're actually able to read that they had programs. They were funding programs. One the most particular one, biggest one, MK Ultra, where they had at any given point over the course of like twenty years they had like twenty psychics. Hired on, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love hired it. and on payroll. Yeah, this is not something that's like. This is definitely a ridiculous thing. And you know what's crazy is I feel the same way as you do. Like in that, 
this is it's fucking ridiculous. But you know, a, that many people don't put that much money towards things unless there is maybe something to it. Like there had to have been. That's not the way I look at it. I, I mean, there isn't. I, I, what they're, I'm saying is, the American government, they go any fucking plausible anything gets a hundred million thrown exactly. at it, exactly, and they're not going to fucking beat us to the punch, exactly. And then seven years in, they go, "This is garbage," and they go, "All right, twenty-four more years and a hundred more million, just to then make we'll sure, drop it. just to make sure." Now shave that cat, right? <laughs> because <laughs> that's basically where we're fucking going. Like there was, there was just so many. That was MK Ultra, and that was among things of like remote viewing where they had these guys. The, where they would uh, give them coordinates. Is MK Ultra the goats thing you're talking? Yes. About? Okay. MK Ultra is the goats thing. So they had these this group of guys, and they were they were hoping to like train them to the point where they could like kill goats with their minds, and they would be able to do things like remote viewing, where they would just get uh, an envelope with a uh, with with um, coordinates on it, like lat- latitude, longitude, and they would look on that. They'd go into a meditative state. They'd start drawing pictures, and then they would be able to give you. An overhead like shot of what you're looking at because their were, minds were trained to be their minds were trained to like like go there and like be outside in the in the you know in the ethereal realm and they were able to like Christ. yeah that's remote viewing so there's a number of things but that's like there were more brass tacks like nuts and bolts things that were still fucking out of their mind that they tried to do like there was one thing during the space race. We were fucking years behind. It's one of the reasons why people... It's one of the driving reasons why people say we never went to the moon and they think that the moon landing was a a conspiracy. It was because before we landed on the moon, we were so fucking far behind the... the, Russians. The Russians. I was trying to think of a real derogatory term to call the Russians. What's a good derogatory term for the Russians? I I want to say... I I almost uh, said the Krauts, but that's the Germans. Ruskies? Ruskies, yeah. It's not really derogatory, though. But it's still... Fucking Ruskies. Fucking Ruskies. There we go. Mo fucking Ruskies? Or if you said it the other way, Ruski Fox. Ruski Fox. No, that's even less. you got to say fucking Ruskies. Fucking Ruskies. That's the white guy way. Exactly. So these fucking Ruskies, right, uh, were so far ahead of us. And that is... uh, So that's, like, one of the reasons why, like, oh, they were that far ahead of us, and then also we blew past them and fucking put feet on the street in the moon. Like, that's, that's one of the reasons. But... One of the things that we were thinking of doing before then was blowing a fucking nuclear bomb on the nude on the moon, right in what they called the Terminator Zone, which is the zone that's that's right down the middle of the moon from between the light and the dark side of the moon, right? So like right on that line, they were gonna blast a nuke, right? And they wanted to do it right there because the plume, the fucking dust and everything from that would be uh it would would cause a silhouette from the sun because it would because if it's right on that line it would cause a silhouette from the sun so everybody on the entire planet would be able to see a fucking explosion on the moon and be like holy fuck and then the americans would be like yeah we did that motherfuckers anybody want to fuck anybody want to fuck around that was the exact reason. So, but that's like an early, that's like a draft where they're like, all right, we need to fucking do something here. The Russians just put a lady in space. They're fucking laughing at us. They're laughing at us. What do we do? What are your answers? And like 20 and guy, dudes throw shit out there. Yeah, and one of the guys that was like, who just got out of prison and was like, hey man, you know, like when I got to prison, the first thing I did was I went up to the weakest bitch in there, I punched him in the face. So everybody knows I ain't fucking around. I think we should do that here. What we're going to do is we're going to blow up a nuke on the moon. And show everybody we ain't fucking around. 
It's basically the mind behind that. I like the idea of blowing up the moon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't do it, and instead, they put a man on the moon. It's really, like, what it was. They're like, we could blow it up. Eh. Much they more also, environmentally friendly, I think. Is it? I don't know. People would say that people are some of the most environmental hazards. Do you know how much shit is up there? Literally, <laughs> he just told, they were taking dumps. Um, so there was, there was a lot of things. What about, did you ever hear how many times or the different plans they had to kill Fidel Castro that all failed? I did, most of that I know from the movie JFK, right. with Joe Pesci is like outlining all the plans. They're going to put something to fucking make his beard fall out and he look like a fucking idiot. Exactly. That wasn't a joke. Yeah. No, I, was, I know that. I think yeah. most of those were founded in fact. They were all founded in fact because and they wanted, they could have easily blown them up and then it would have started, started a war with the fucking Ruskies. But so they had to find a way to to kill him and make it like a, a spy thing. Like there was even down to, uh, they were gonna fucking give him a Looney Tunes exploding cigar, was one of the things that they were gonna do, uh, and I, an exploding hamburger I think was another one. Very everything just what does he like? Let's make it explode. Because <laughs> um, that because anybody could be fucking doing that, not just of course. crazy dudes shoot him in the street. And of course that guy ended up living to be. It, it is amazing that they never killed him. They all never that, killed him, dude. All he, that desire to kill him and they didn't. A, a fucking. A fucking stage at a rally got closer to killing him than all of America did. Yeah, remember when he fucking years. face planted on the yeah. stage, and they're like, "We think he's gonna die." That's what they did. They they went and they raised the steps by a quarter of an inch. <laughs> that's thirty-five years of playing and Nick, he went down. <laughs> that's right, bitch. Um, and then uh, there was when Hitler was such a, a swing of moods. That they thought he was right on the cusp of like male female because he didn't have a handle on his emotions. Really, it was because he was out of his mind on drugs. He was literally con he was constantly speedballing. Like it's it's a known fact. There's a there's a, a book that came out called Blitzkrieg, and it's all about just the drugs that were like that fueled the war. And maybe it's not in that book, but maybe it's another one. It was uh, like Hitler had this guy that he always kept around him, and. Uh, he was his doctor, his personal doctor. He with, went with him everywhere. And this guy pioneered, like, uh, injectables. And, and he was, like, all about intravenous stuff. And he pioneered this shit. In fact, some of the stuff that we even do now is because of this guy. And But he was all about, you can get, like, even vitamin B shots. He, like, back in the 40s, was like, you need vitamin B? Inject that shit. Now you're feeling good, right? But he was also, like, how about a little heroin? And also, how about a little meth? Man, let's fucking get speedballing this motherfucker. Dude, this guy was, uh, everybody reported him as being, like, smelling like shit. They don't know why, he just always stunk. And he was, he had, like, a military suit that he would wear because he wanted so badly to be in the military, but he wasn't at all. So if you looked at his stuff, at, at a glance, you'd be like, wow, he's like a, like a super general or something. But then you look at him, it's just made-up patches and stuff that he would wear. Dude, it's like World War II. Like, this is the big games, and he's wearing, like, a fucking costume. Standing next to Hitler, like, hey man, I'm part of this shit. It was who was this guy? This was like a the this doctor, was it like Hitler's doctor. I thought he was still talking about Hitler. Uh, no, I'm talking about Hitler's doctor. And this is the guy that he's like. So anytime you see Hitler going fanatic, it was literally because he was speedballing. He was constantly on meth, and he was constantly like on heroin and these different cocktails of shit that this guy was just plugging him with. It's how he was able to like do everything, and it was also his unraveling. And it was also, like, all the whole war, both sides, American and 
Like the Germans were given uh, methamphetamine in, under the, the pill called Pervitin. And it used to be something that you, the housewives could just go down and get. And it would make them more productive. But they were like fucking jamming it down these... Um, down the like the soldiers' throats, and it's how they were able to march through the mountains through Poland for Blitzkrieg. Like, you think hum- normal humans can fucking no? They were able to march like hundreds of miles and then into the fucking place and then like kill people and still be all jacked up. That's not how I heard about the Polish invasion. I was told as a young boy they marched in backwards and told the Polacks they were leaving. <laughs> oh, zing! How do you tell the Polish jokes were all the rage when I was a kid? <laughs> Polish jokes. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Just The Tip. Rich people bribe their way through life, even putting their kids through college. The rest of us can't do that. But now there's Just The Tip, the all-new tipping app that allows you to bribe without any money. That's right, with Just The Tip, put your mouth where your money isn't. Whose dick do I gotta suck around here for a drink? Before, you had no idea whose dick you had to suck. Now just pull out your phone and our algorithm will show you exactly who. Thank God for just the tip. I would have never got that drink. Just the tip allows average Joe to be treated like a sultan. A dick sucking sultan. You motherfucker. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so that was a little bit of it. So, So he was insane. Back to the CIA thing. Hitler was insane. He was all over the place. They thought, the CIA thought, what they could do was change his... um, Fuck with his drugs. They could fuck with his hormones and turn him into a fucking lady. They thought that they were going to be able to give him, like, estrogen injections and turn him into, like, a literal female. And they even went so far as to get his gardeners. They gave them all the drugs. Like, here you go. Here's all the stuff to do it with. They gave them money. They paid him. And they just kept the money and didn't do shit. But that was like... (laughs) They gave him all this stuff to turn Hitler into a female. Dude, there was a lot... One of the crazier things was there was a a meeting between Mussolini and Hitler. And uh, they were supposed to be meeting in like some... It wasn't in Italy. It wasn't in in Germany. They're going to be meeting in some neutral zone for them. North France or fucking Switzerland or wherever the fuck. Right. It was going to be very easy for us to send a spy in there, and they were going to. They wanted to set a vase in the middle of the 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 room or the office where they're going to be having their their meeting. Right. And the 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 water of the vase was going to have a chemical in it that would aerosol. So once they got it in there, it would start to turn into vapor and evaporate into the air. And it was going to make them go blind. It was going to be like a poison that would make them just fucking go blind. It would destroy their ocular nerves and they would go blind. And then, I mean, that's pretty good. You just blind Mussolini and Hitler. And then cue the marbles. They and will then, never get out of this ball never alive. Get Dude, it's almost as crazy. What they, The second part of that plan was going to the Pope and paying off the Pope. To make an announcement that this happened, that God smited these two evil men, and that's why they became blind. That was that was the CIA's plan. Yeah, again, there's a lot of first drafts. Where like, <laughs> Someone get Henderson out of here. What the fuck is your deal? Next, <laughs> next, dude. That was their plan, and the only reason they didn't do it was because they ended up changing the uh, they ended up changing the location of the the meeting at like the last minute. So you saw that documentary on those two blind waiters in Switzerland? <laughs> I know, right? You saw the documentary. Motherfuckers! <laughs> I can't believe that. God smited me? <laughs> Dude, um, it was... 
uh, there was so many crazy fucking things that. So uh, this book, Nuking the Moon, is about all these different about things, all these or just the Nuking the Moon one. No, it's about Nuking the Moon and all the other ones that left on the cutting board. So it's about all those. They just Nuking the Moon was just a, a fun thing to say. And it's when a good, you it looks say good on the, when you say Nuking the Moon, I'm thinking one thing. I'm thinking a series from Mr. Show, right? Where they blew the moon up. Oh yeah. They was talked it like about that? it. They're gonna blow it up. They had Bob and Dave are like scientists, and they go, "This is the monkey that's gonna press the button to do it." We're teaching them how to do all these different things. And everyone's like, we're right behind you, man. They have like a, Bob plays a country singer and something like, uh, there's no, it's so nonsensical, but the line is like, don't, don't, no, that's the line after. Just, you know, American pride, we're going to do it. Everyone's behind it. And then at some point they're there with the monkey and then Dave, Bob is laughing. He's like, huh, that's so weird, the monkey. And he's like, what? What did he say? And he went, he he asked why. Why are we going to blow the moon up? And they were like. What the hell? There's like outrage. People are pissed. Now the country country singers pissed at the monkey. You've sent me that clip. I, I think I did. You sent me that clip. Hey, yeah. Mr. Monkey, don't be asking why you don't mess around with God's America. <laughs> so, but then anyway, there's a skit later where the moon does blow up. He's like looking out the window and the moon just fucking, it's like this $50 effect. Bam, the moon blows up and then Dave Cross is like, huh, they did it. They blew the moon up. And it was like a running skit through the whole fucking thing. But I love the fact that the monkey fucking ass and everyone's all pissed. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's pissed. You stupid monkey! Ask why are we gonna do that? So uh, there is just one last one because there's actually a book that you can you can get that shows like all the crazy things that they did that actually were successful. This is this is this book was just solely resting on the the crazy things for entertainment. There was another story that I started telling my dad. I was like, Hey, did you ever hear? No, he actually brought it up. He was like, did you hear about the one with the bats out of Carlsbad? Because he grew up in Carlsbad. We lived in Carlsbad, New Mexico, for a short period of time. You've told me that there was like a huge There's place a, where bats just fucking come out. For yeah, like- it's one of the largest in the United States, and or in one of the largest in the world, where uh, bat populations lives in Carlsbad, New Mexico, because it's uh, the Carlsbad Caverns. It's this big, huge cavern. And they all live in this fucking hole. The Guano and Stream Caverns, I think they're called. The Guano, uh, yeah, you can get Guano <laughs> pancakes. You can get uh, Guano pie. My personal favorite. Guano pie. Yeah. Nice. And um, yeah, they uh, their idea was to strap incendiaries to the bats and let them go. That's awesome. Let them go in Japan because all the all the houses and buildings, and everything in Japan up until. They fucking dropped a bomb on them. Were made of like wood and paper, and their plan was like, well, they would let these fucking bats go when they would go to roost at night or they go to nest at night. They just fucking set the whole place ablaze. Like that was the idea. But they tested it like in the hangars in Carlsbad. And they just burnt down hangars. And my <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah, my dad. My dad was like, "Did you hear about the one?" He's like, I actually went to high school right next to one of those burnt down hangars. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So. um but the the one of the the ones was they uh, it was called Operation Acoustic Kitty, right? So here's <laughs> here is the the idea. When it comes to surveillance and it comes to listening to uh, you know listening in, it's you know you can't just have a microphone somewhere unless it's like in a in a room or in a house because. Like, if you have it outside, there's so many extra noises that are going on that you can't pick out the human voice. But, like, stuck in the relative safety of a gopher's asshole, they fart very inaudibly. We know this. We've tested right. all the animals. 
Now you've got a microphone that is discreet and can pick up noise. Exactly. So now that's... Oh, wait. You said it was a cat. Who's the cat? A <laughs> gopher. We've put it in the ass of a gopher. Uh, so what... Yeah, yeah. So when you when you try to record, you can't, um, you can't pick out the noise. So they spent all this time trying to figure out how... But the human ear does it perfectly. There's, there's certain physical things. I think it also has a lot to do with our, our brain processing the information and pulling out human voice from everything else that you're hearing. But like if you had a microphone in a room with like an air conditioning on, you're talking to me and you. I hear you perfectly, but when you listen to it, the microphone picked up everything the same and yeah. the human voice wasn't pulled out. So there's a, sp a specific thing like in the ear that can do that, right? And they're like... We, they try, they can't model it. They, they can't make one. So like, let's, let's just use one that's already existing. And they're thinking of all the things that they could use. Let's like, so put it in an animal, right? Let's use an animal's ears. And uh, they're like, well, we, let's use a dog. Dogs are easy to train. But then they're like, well, it'd be weird if a dog just like approached a couple people hanging out, sitting there talking and stood there. People would be like, it's not normal unless, you know, there's only very few places in the world where there's stray dogs fucking everywhere. It's like usually like Vietnam. And then uh, we, we could use a monkey. Monkeys are really easy to train, but obviously a monkey is super conspicuous. <laughs> Why is there a fucking monkey in here? Hey, it's a monkey. It's a strange <laughs> monkey. Let's just fucking hang out and just discuss right. shit. They are like, but oh, a cat is perfect because nobody gives a fuck about Nobody cats. gives a fuck about cats. They even thought about using rats and squirrels. But again, rat and, rats and squirrels would get shooed because people are grossed out by them. Yeah. But a cat can literally walk into, like, the courtyard of the fucking Iranian embassy and sit down, and nobody's going to give a shit. Nobody's going to go get this, this spying cat. Nobody cares. Do cats, stray cats, make their life wherever the fuck they want, and everybody knows it, and they don't give a fuck. Nobody cares. There was actually a band named The Stray Cats that put out a popular song in the 80s. Brian Setzer. And called, called Don't Shove a Mic in My No, it was The Stray Cats Trot. It was a popular song. I'm sure. Just trying to bolster your point. So, I uh, thank you for bolstering... <laughs> My point. I don't think you understand what bolstering a point means, Greg. Stray cats can get around. Stray cats can get around. That's what they. That's what they say. So what were they gonna? What was the so cat what, gonna have on it? Like a so missile? So what they? So what they did? So their plan was, they're like, but we can't train a cat. We we just can't fucking train the cat. But finally, they found a cat that they can train, and they realized that they can only train the cat to do what they wanted it to do for about an hour. And then after an hour, it starts getting hungry, instincts start kicking back in, and it starts wandering around looking for food, like, fuck whatever else I was doing, I want food. But they were able to then go inside the brain of the cat and, like, electrocute its brain in a certain way to shut that shit off. And like, perfect! All right, we're good. Right? And then what they did was they ran, a, they, they inserted a micro microphone box, like the mechanism, uh, between its shoulder blades underneath that like scruff of the skin yeah. and then the, the microphone itself went up into its head and into its ear canal right so now it's got a microphone literally in its fucking ear and then uh, they ran the antenna down its spine and uh, up its up its tail so it's like gotten a little transmitter antenna right and now the cat <laughs> Jesus Christ this is like now the cat, nine billion dollars of American money on this, yeah, on this five cats cat. And dude, they they got this this they got this cat. It's trained. It's ready. They're they're field testing it. They took it to some park in Washington, D.C., and uh, they had a like a van, you know, like a work van or something. That they just a couple of guys. Hey, we're just uh, here to sweep the streets, whatever. And they got the cat, 
Hey, sometimes you need fucking seven cats. <laughs> the so, fuck are you looking at? The fuck are you looking what at? What do you mean fucking man? So it's like cat shit. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. How about fuck you? They, uh, the, it was at a park and they had cameras set up around the park to monitor the situation, just to see how it would go and whatnot. And the cat's target was a couple of dudes uh, sitting on a bench. So the cat had to walk up to these guys and just fucking hang around while these guys were talking, and that's all it had to do. And they fucking dropped the cat out of the van, and they got all their equipment set up, and they're ready, and the cat's crossing the street, and a fucking taxi crushes it. Awesome. <laughs> And awesome. that is basically where the book closes on Operation Acoustic Kitty. Acoustic Kitty. Acoustic Kitty was that's the the official that was the official. If it didn't get hit, I bet you the other side had counterintelligence, and they trained pigeons to come in and distract the bird at and another nine billion dollar Operation cost. Cat Hawk. Nice. <laughs> it's just a fucking hawk that hunts cats. They um, there was just uh, just one that was kind of funny. They had uh, the poison thing was always big. They wanted to poison like Jap soldiers, and um, they. So what they wanted to do was put like botulism in. The... So just just to be sure, trans is questionable, but Jap can be thrown around freely. Eh. Okay, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> hey man, we're allowed to say that, right? <laughs> say Ruskies and Japs. Whoa, dude! Nineteen forty-five was a long time ago. You can't keep saying that stuff. I yeah, I was I was wait I was wondering if you were going to say anything about that. Anyway. Um, there's just a one little short extra bit on this thing. So they, the, uh, they wanted to kill a bunch of like soldiers and even some of the generals and stuff like that. And what they went to like these R and R towns where these um, ladies of the night would hang around. You know, they call them they call them hanger lizards. <laughs> and hanger lizards. <laughs> and uh, they were gonna give them this poison. Which was like botulism. You know what botulism is? It, yeah. You know, it, it'll grow in a can. Yeah. It's also what they use for. You gotta fear dented cans, especially on the seam, kids. Don't eat anything from dented cans. Seriously, it's a neurotoxin that will kill you in the one of the worst ways possible. Although, if you can find a way to get into a needle and put it in your lips or into your face, oh well, then your mom probably it becomes does Botox. That. Yeah. If is your mom sixty but looks forty, <laughs> then she's fucking injecting Botox into her forehead. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is, and and uh, so they were gonna give it to these ladies, and they were these ladies were gonna literally put it like in their vagina somehow, right? And then the soldiers would come and they would copulate with these ladies, and then they would fucking die a horrible botulinum death, which is again, it's because of how it's a, it paralyzes like your neural system, you suffocate like consciously because you can't breathe. It's like it's to me, it's it's a it sounds like a fucking nightmare, but anyway. The guys get over into Asia, like the spies, the CIA spies, and they, uh, they're like, well, let's test this shit out. Let's test this fucking poison out. Does it work? And they fucking gave it to a, a couple of donkeys, right? And the donkeys were just like, Rawr! just fucking hanging around. Nothing happened. So we're like, dude, this is bullshit. This shit doesn't fucking work. And they threw it all away. And then when the, uh, into, like, you know, back home, Cosmo like, hey, so how's it going over there? You kill a bunch of Japs? And they're like, nah, man, we threw away all that. We threw away all that bullshit. It didn't work. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It didn't work. Like, well, we gave it to a bunch of donkeys, and the donkeys didn't just to test it out. When we got there, we saw some donkeys. We we're like, yeah, fuck the donkeys. We don't give a shit. We'll give it to the donkey and uh, just to make sure it works. And they didn't die, so we threw it away. And it turns out that donkeys are literally one of, 
I think it's the only animal in the animal kingdom that immune. is immune to fucking botulism. Nice. <laughs> Isn't that fucking nuts? Yeah, the one of the only animals I can just eat like a whole plate of botulum pie. And how and, many of those hanger lizards got fucked to death by donkeys? For no fucking reason. <laughs> no, no, they're like, yeah, that's how they gave it to them. Hey, <laughs> it's one of those donkey shows. We invited them to one of those donkey shows. So I thought. That was a super entertaining listen for me, so that's why I... That was a recent episode they did? Yeah, it was this week's uh, free episode that was This week's free? Mm Because I do like those guys. I might catch that. You know, I like to absorb a lot of the podcast. It was was really fun, and I liked that one so much because he did such a good job at, like, entertaining Aaron on that one, and that always makes it more fun. Like, they, they... they always do really well together. That's something that keeps you up at night. Is Aaron entertained? Is was, someone going to entertain Aaron? He's he all just, the way down there. It just sounds like he really wasn't there. It sounded like he was upset. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that was a, a fun episode. And uh, so I thought I would give that to you guys because I thought it was fun. Nice. Nuke the moon. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Incestry.com. Incestry.com. We look at your genealogy and put together a family tree that you can fuck. Developed in Kentucky to mitigate the negative outcomes of inbreeding, Incestry.com is now helping people globally keep it in the family. Our team of Appalachian scientists know just which branch you can swing to without spoiling the fruit. I always have papers for my cousin Shirley. I was worried about what they say about your kids coming out dumb, but Ancestry.com built my family tree and showed me that Shirley is sterile. Woohoo! Thanks, Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com. Incest done right. What did we learn on this episode of Road Soda, episode 90, Isaiah? Learn did we what, Greg? Let me feed to you the knowledge of the episode. Well, it started off and we had a news story about deep fakeness. You walked us through some 90s. Do you remember that? Deep fakeness. Yes, I brought us back down memory lane, maybe before we were born, some of us. Have we still not gotten to the the year that you were born? You'll know. Oh, we'll know. So we've not learned everything, clearly, in this episode. Have not learned everything. So episode, yeah, it was was 90 episodes, and you talked about all kinds of 90s stuff. That's right. Deep fake things. danced with wolves. How the the SAT is now going to start adding on a a fucking... uh, Ghetto score, is that what they're calling it? Reparations, SAT reparations. Reparation scores. <laughs> no more smoking, no more jail for Nelson Mandela. We learned many good things. Learned many good things. Also, we even talked about the CIA and how they did some really stupid shit, right? They continually do stupid shit. Continually do to At a day. massive cost to the taxpayers. You, but hey, what the fuck do I know? You know what I heard? I heard that you can write uh, just the word CIA on anything... Put it, and uh, it'll get to the CIA. If you put it in a mailbox? Oh, close to one. <laughs> well, close to one. Stick it up a hamster's ass, and they'll Stick they'll see it immediately. Yeah. Because they actually have cameras and mics up most asses of things in America. Yeah. Crazy, right? Anyway, so also, um, let's see. Well, there was, uh, we flinch. Flinch. Flinch was what we just had for our Millennial Book Club. And our folks at home, for the next week, have to watch I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Very looking forward to watching that. I think that is going to be I like his face. Funny. I like his face. I connect with his face. He's got a face that I he's recognize. He's got a funny face. He's got a, he's got a face where I look at it and I, go, I feel comfortable with your face. 
comfortable with his face? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to say that we're... You get it. No. Oh. I like his face, too. He's got a good comedy face. He's a, he's a, he's a Jew. Oh, okay. I'm a Jew. But you pound the Jew stuff all the time. I so do. I just... And so I'm surprised you didn't see this one coming. I should know with you people that that's how it would be, but what I just do you mean? don't get it. I know exactly what you mean by you people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will catch you on 91. We'll talk about I Think You Should Leave. And uh, many other things, of course, write to us at RoadSodaMail. Uh, RoadSodaMail at gmail.com. Follow us everywhere at Road Soda Podcast. And tell your friends about us. If you like this, why are you keeping this shit a secret? Stop keeping us a secret. Tell your friends about us. Come out of the closet. Come the out of the closet. closet. Come out of the soda closet. Yeah, and I'd also like to say stay hydrated and for God's sakes, fucking go to bed on time. It'll you change your life. It'll change your goddamn life, it will. <laughs>